this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Welcome back to coffee number five. When I used to teach, one of the first things I taught my class was that they had to choose their digital persona. The digital persona is really important because we're going to be choosing what we're okay with and what we're not. So we're going to choose what parts of our life are going to be sharing with the world. Building your digital persona is a crucial step in order to have a great presence on the internet. Today's guest definitely knows everything about this. Nicole Tremaggio is a speaker, dancer, and entrepreneur who is driven to inspire others to embrace their originality and live life front row center. Nicole is your go-to for fitness industry trends and on her social media channel and blog, she breaks down current truth as a sarcastical, relatable way. Thank you, Nicole, for being here today. Tell me, how many coffees did you have today? I only had one. Really? Yes, I have about a 20, 24 ounce um, Starbucks mug and I have my iced coffee in there every day. Wow, I wish I could have just one. I have like five every day. And now I have a coffee uh, protein bars. Ooh, that sounds good. It's so good. It gives me like a pick me up in the middle of the afternoon. So tell me about your persona. I want to know who's your persona in a digital world and what's different from your real persona. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting because it is still evolving and it's evolved a lot over the last few years. Now I am someone who does their best to show up as their full self. I spent a lot of time compartmentalizing the different parts of my personality and it really made this sense of a disjointed identity. So I have a dance background, but I was working in the fashion industry, but I had a side hustle in the fitness industry. And I often felt confused as to how I was going to present myself digitally because I had a hand in doing so many different things. I thought it kind of made me seem like I was all over the place. But in my work, just learning how to integrate my work and my life, I realized that I was doing myself a disservice by not fully showing up as myself in really any of those places where I only had to pick and choose which part of my identity I wanted to be. Do you remember the moment that the penny dropped and that you said, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I should be doing something else. Do you remember when that happened? It's actually happened many times. It's like putting pennies in a jar. It's like having a jar of change jangling in your pocket and it's making all of these little echoes as you walk and it kind of follows you. Um, Because I felt like that in so many different situations. I felt like I used to post a lot of dance videos. This was when we were able to dance in studios in person. And I felt, wow, am I good enough to be doing this if this is not what I'm doing professionally at the moment? Am I stunting my growth as a dancer because I'm telling myself that 
it's only a hobby. Am I not as devoted as I could be to my practice because I don't feel allowed to take up space in an industry that I can't claim as my body of professional work? Well, in in my world, I learned two things. First of all, that the digital world is always evolving. So we have the right to evolve with it. Mm -hmm. And we have the right also to feel every day more comfortable or uncomfortable and change the parts that we want to show. Mm -hmm. But also, I am tired of people telling me, oh, we're overlapping or we're a competition. And it was like, no, there's no competition because at the end of the day, even if the client has to choose one and they're going to choose the one that they feel more comfortable with. So why we don't collaborate and maybe if it's not the right fit for me, it's a fit for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just being true to yourself in that way that you're allowed to iterate your processes. Let's say copy or a photo on your website is outdated, you would update it. Same kind of thing with your persona. It's allowed to evolve and change as things go on. And and when I quit my job in corporate and became a full-time entrepreneur, that was really the moment where I said, I don't really have the excuse anymore of having that corporate identity. Now I can evolve into a version of me. It's not the end-all be-all. It's not the only version of me that's ever going to exist from now on, but it's going to be the version of me that's one step closer to someone who's truly in alignment with who I want to be. Yeah. And at the same time, there are people that in their feed, they say, oh, I changed. So they go back and delete. But that's what allowed you to be who you are today because you went through that. So you need to be even grateful and respect that you had that past. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have compassion for past versions of yourself. And maybe you made some mistakes along the way, but you have to just accept those things and move on because there's a difference between being defined by your past versus just letting your past inform your present so that you can make the best decisions with the knowledge that you have currently to set yourself up for the future. Yeah, and also being clear that you will change in the future. That if you don't change, honestly, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm learning every day. I'm learning from you. I'm learning from my team. I'm even learning from my kids. Mm -hmm. So it will be like short changing myself and even the world. If I don't bring that knowledge even with my failures, my knowledge of failures. So when you fail or when you burn yourself, you don't do it again. You learn from that. And that's knowledge that you can try to pass on. And so it will be doing a a disservice not to let yourself evolve. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very curious in the pursuit of knowledge. I love learning things. And I truly believe that that is what separates successful and fulfilled adults from those who kind of just like float through life is that if you are really committed to continuously learning, I find that you just become so much more engaged in everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. 
And also because experience, and this is something that I keep saying all over, over and over again, is that, and I learned this also working in corporate or big companies, that there are so many meetings held at closed doors. So many people still believing that information is power. Mm-hmm. And information is not power. It's only if you have the knowledge and the experience what to do with that information. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really bad at keeping secrets. Like, I don't want to keep a closed door. If I find out something that makes my life easier or a product or service I'm really interested in, I don't come from this place of a lack mindset. Like, well, there's only enough for me. Or this is only information that I want to share with certain people. Well, I have this thing with my team. I mean, I want them to have information that will allow them to do their job at the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. And also you need to understand that, I mean, this is also about expectations. Sometimes expect, and this is something I was talking about with someone who was opening a company. And it was like, I feel like everyone is doing everything wrong. I say, no, you need to accept that not everyone is going to do the same things the way you do it Mm -hmm. but also need to accept that their way may work right yeah I used to come up at a lot of resistance when I worked in corporate because I be the person who was testing and implementing new technologies systems applications process and there would always be people who were not ready to accept or embrace something new. They were threatened by information. They were made uncomfortable by the prospect of having to acquire knowledge about something that was totally unfamiliar. And it's scary to people to actually learn sometimes and realize that something really exciting and powerful might be outside the limits of your current perspective. And it's only until you are willing to step outside of that comfort zone that you're able to learn something that you otherwise never would have. Well, but it's the same principle that people, there is a confusion between coaching and coaching that is super popular these days, that you do coaching, I do coaching. But coaching is something that is a job. We get paid to help, to coach people in certain special areas and there is a confusion also with mentorship people think that they can go out and it's like finding a taxi hey i need a mentor it Mm -hmm. doesn't work that way a mentor is something that we earn doing our work that we find some someone that we connect and that we want to learn that person it's like an unsaid pact that it comes in two sides and i think that there is a, a lack of mentorship lately. Yeah, definitely. I think that when we got to the workplace and realized, and I'm speaking on behalf of like the generation, like when we entered the workforce, it's like you had so much support and structure at home and, you know, leading up like, okay, go to college, get an internship, get a job. And it's like these very traditional building blocks were laid out in front of us. But then once we got those jobs, once we got to those corporate offices, we were like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> I, as you know, I was teaching college and digital media for 
the fashion industry actually. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching mostly seniors. And it was something that it will, first of all, digital media and everything we do in the digital world, it's very hard to understand if you're not hands-on. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of complaints that uh, my class was too hard or it was too much work. But also at the same time, they were asking me, well, in what font do you want me to write? Or how long needs to be? And I was like, guys, you're seniors. Mm-hmm. You are going to be after me. You want to have a boss. Your boss is not going to be telling you in what font you need to write or what size. Mm-hmm. It's about the content. And I, don't, I think we're actually doing a, a disservice. I always say that uh, the schools are teaching my kids how to work in a cubicle without windows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I even felt that myself when I worked in a corporate office, I was kind of always waiting for my boss to tell me what to do. And I just never saw myself as someone who didn't take the initiative, but you're definitely trained to act a certain way. And you kind of feel like you're put in your place and the kind of culture at your company can really define your sense of like how much permission you have in order to be autonomous or independent or creative. And if you're in certain kind of corporate environments, that kind of thinking outside of the box, or I actually just read this book called Creative Trespassing, it doesn't seem like it's allowed. And so people kind of shrink back and don't take it upon themselves to learn those lessons. Yeah, well, I start talking about the mentoring because of your comment about uh, you trying to find new technologies. Mm-hmm. And everything depends on like, what, that's what I'm saying. Like for me, a boss needs to be some kind of a mentor. That if you choose someone to be in your team, you need to be willing to give back. And to me, it's really sad that someone will come to me to with new technologies. I mean, I will say I will give it a try or let me see, or but being close-minded is like not letting my business grow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's frustrating because I was that person too that would kind of prepare the new technologies and say, okay, should we choose this or that? And then sometimes the answer would be neither of those things. No. Sometimes it would I be know. nah, actually, all of that research that you just did, yeah, let's just table it. And then it was like, well, what are our priorities then? Because why would I be working on a project that we weren't actually going to select a solution from? Yeah, and actually, I think this pandemic is one of the only good things that came out of that, that they always will need to be in the cutting edge of technology. Mm-hmm. Because if we are not there, if we're not using everything that is available to us, we we can lose our, our, our business. And I think a lot of people did because they weren't prepared to be working remotely or digitally. Absolutely. I have been really interested in a long time in the future of work. And I see that as having flexibility. If it were up to me, I would leave for three hours in the middle of the day and go do my own thing. I would never be at a desk for nine hours all day. I used to resent doing that so much. And the company that I was at, or really any company I've ever been at, like working from home, never a thing. Being able to take breaks, not a thing. 
even just being able to go out for lunch, also not really a thing. And good thing I helped launch a video um, platform and meeting platform before I left the company, because I can't even imagine what would have happened had that technology not been available at a time like this. Well, uh, I cannot speak for my company because my company was always remote. Mm. So we have everything in place for us. The pandemic didn't affect us at all. We were working as normal. And I was like, oh, okay, other people are working like us now. And But we were like ahead. But I can see how other people are really like, I have my husband at all the time, almost for a year now. Mm-hmm. And they struggle. I mean, and they had to put new logistics. One of the things that I think why our team is so successful is because even though we work all remote, we all work at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we we happen to have an amazing work culture. We have party together, we we have a lot of fun. But I think that if you can work and have three hours in the middle of the day and that's what your company decided to do for everyone, that could work. I mean, yeah. you need to make it work for you and your team and that's the work culture. But I also believe that you need to design your work culture. Mm-hmm. Even if you work by yourself, it's like how it's going to be my attitude regarding uh, my clients. How do I... Uh, deal with my clients? How do I work with uh, my my team? Uh, what parts of the work I actually do and what I want to contract? There are so many decisions that we need to make. And I think that's also part of our business persona since we're talking mm-hmm. about persona. So how do you work? Uh, you work all by yourself or you have also your business persona? Yeah, I've really integrated my personal brand with my business persona just again because I found that I'd lived for so long with really a disjointed semi-identity and I am someone who values self-expression and fun and transparency and that is now how I show up not just as a personal brand but also as a business person and as a one woman show truly getting to establish who I am and what I do with clients, it's always coming from the source. And so I speak with clients, like my business persona, I talk to them, how I'm talking to you. And I am able to not get so caught up in using strictly professional jargon or being super buttoned up and just getting straight to the point so that we can solve the client's problems. Yeah. So going straight to the point, mm-hmm. if you someone asks you, is it worth it for me to get out of um, corporate work and go on myself, what tips would you give them? Three tips. The first piece of advice is that other people are going to have a lot of things to say if you decide to step away from the status quo, from the norm, from the traditional path. And you need to be ready to deal with what people have to say. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's into number two, which is stick 
to guns. You have to decide that this is truly what you want. If you are wee-washy about it or saying, I don't know, how will I make money? How will you make money? You're now going to give yourself the opportunity to have no ceiling on your earnings if you are the one who gets to call the shots. But if you're not clear that that's what you want, then you need to take more time. And I would say also that you need to be ready for your emotions to be a roller coaster. So you're going to say one day, I don't know how we're going to do this. Another day, I got, I got this. And another day is, I got this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's either like an exclamation point or a question mark, depending on the day. That would be my third piece of advice is knowing that motivation ebbs and flows. I used to think that if I quit corporate, all of my problems would be gone. And it's not that you don't have problems. It's that maybe your problems are just a little better. So recognizing that every day is not going to be the most perfect day just because you don't work in an office anymore, um, but really getting to know and work with yourself, yourself as your boss, yourself as your own employee, yourself as your own coworker. And acknowledge your past. Acknowledge your path because that's what it brought you here and the lessons you learned. You have to not be so hard on your past. Well, and all of yourselves, but your past self, if you blame yourself, if you say, well, should have quit so long ago, why haven't I? It's like that literally doesn't matter. You know, you have to just have your past inform your present, but you don't have to be hard on yourself. Um, cause ultimately you, you can take that self-criticism and be able to mold it into, you know, like an intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much for having coffee with me. And okay. We're going to tell the audience that we're preparing something together for February and we're going to let you know a little more when we have more information, but stay tuned. Perfect. Thank you so much. Was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.